really easy. <laughs> All Action. right. Yeah, right. Jeff, get into the picture here. I'm going to get this ball rolling. What Hope we have here? a bottle opener. Mm. Yeah, you got something. Jeff will open them. I definitely need, I think we need a bottle opener with this one. Okay, hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, sixth broadcast of the podcast of the newscast of Green Street Joinery. It's actually not. It's the Craftsman. What's it called? It's the American Craftsman. American Craftsman Podcast. Yes, I knew that. Don't. Well, <laughs> we have a we have a busy schedule today. That's what happens when I take introduction <laughs> off of the yes. <laughs> we have a lot of questions to answer today too. Some are pretty good. Some are pretty. Uh, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm not even going to point out who it is. I hope you picked a tool of the week. I still, I'm still waiting. Anyway, uh, welcome everybody. How do we usually start the show, Rich? Introduction. And then. And the beer of the week. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not done with my introduction. Get there yet? I want to shout out to the sponsors. I'm still waiting for those T-shirts. <laughs> Come on, guys. What sizes? Extra large, large, and large. This week. Don't disappoint me, please. And now for Mailing something address, serious. 213 Wilson Avenue, yes. Port Monmouth, New Jersey, 07758. Yes, remember 07758. Don't put any other because the mail delivery here is really strange. If you don't put the right yeah. zip code or you just put Middletown, we won't get it. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe no, we're not we're, getting it because. We're in Port Monmouth. I know, but if you put so Middletown. Don't put Middletown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And now, so something serious is the uh, the beer of the week, <laughs> what I had a chance to uh, pick out this week, and the beer is, drum roll, I hear bottles. Ooh, Who Garden, or as we say, Ho Garden. Hmm. Can you say that nowadays? You can. It's Ho Garden. <laughs> I haven't had this in a long time. It's, it's another it's, Belgian wheat. Yes, and it's supposedly one of the more healthier beers out there. In fact, when I first started, uh, not, not when I first started, when I was looking at beer to see what didn't have uh, a lot of the crap in it, this was one that came up that was of one of the good ones. What crap? Oh, that, yeah, that sugar. The, oh, rice and that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. I and this one came out to be very good. So we're going to compare this even to last week's beer, which was... Uh, Allagash? Yeah, Allagash, because that, that was a Belgian wheat. Yeah. Cheers, gentlemen. Yeah, this has instructions on the back. does? I can't Here see Here we that. go. I like the bottle. Ah. Oh, that's hoppy. That's good. That's not hoppy at all. This one also says coriander and orange peel on it. Yeah, yeah that's a, a uh, traditional sort of thing. Yeah, I really don't taste it. Almost 600 years in the Belgian village of Hogarden, a band of monks experimented by adding oddball a botanicals from halfway monks. around the world to their traditional wheat monks. beer. Our You're recipe, inspired by their creation, is an unfiltered beer with a refreshing flavor and captivating aroma. Unlike any in the world, you might call it an inspired creation. We call it Hogarden. Hogarden. I like that better than the Allagash. I like the Allagash shirt, though, the design. But yeah. I would like this shirt, too, if, if somebody yeah. was sending me a shirt. I can taste the, the floral notes in this one more than the other. 
Well, now you're now you're giving your reasons for liking the bin oh. light, so just hold oh, yeah. that for later on. Sorry, yeah, that. keep it in. Okay, the tool of the week. Put it in the vault. <laughs> I was going to point to Rob as the tool of the week, but <laughs> that's he that's is the, the tool. Month. He's the tool <laughs> of the week. Of the month. But uh, I'm pointing to what's behind me here is to all these uh, clamps that we have, oh. uh, and they, I consider that the tool of the week and the tool of the month, the tool of the year, because you always say for those who are watching, you can never have enough clamps, and it's so true. And we have a nice array of Bessie clamps, a shameless plug out yeah. there for to Bessie. <laughs> uh, we like them. We like to use them a, a lot. Uh, we even have some of the lesser uh, clamps, but we don't use them as much because we do a lot of glue-ups and all that. So this is, uh, clamps are very, very, very important uh, to a job, we to a workplace. We couldn't make it through a job without no, these clamps. No, Yeah, you know how many clamps they say it takes to a job, right? <laughs> is that like a Polish joke? I don't think so. <laughs> All, All of them plus two. Gotcha. Yeah. So you never have enough. Yeah. If I remember, there was this, well, yeah, let's bring them up again. The Tom yes, in the air quotes. that strange non-fictional <laughs> character. <laughs> he, had, he had a 5,000 square foot shop with five clamps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And well, he had a lot of yeah. He had those bar five clamps. five Pipe parallel clamps. clamps. Yeah. Um, a lot of cheap, crappy clamps, but yeah. He, I mean, he had probably a good three dozen of those uh, dollar store squeezy clamps. Yeah. Those were good for something. Clamp it to the edge of a table and leave it there. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the really old uh, pipe clamps. Well, we do use some of those squeezy clamps. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the funny story is there's one clamp in particular around here that we all make fun of, and it's probably the one we go to the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it is. It's somewhere down. over there it's holding this power strip on. It's being the used right now. <laughs> yeah. But they come in handy. Uh, we don't like yeah. we don't use them for heavy-duty work, but those spring clamps, yeah. you, don't, you don't need a lot of them. Yeah. You don't need these ones that are like four feet long yeah. uh, those are ridiculous comes yeah. down to using the tool for what it's good at exactly whatever exactly. size these are four inch or six inch if you're clamping yeah. something bigger than that with a squeeze clamp you should probably be reaching for a real clamp yeah a man's clamp yeah <laughs> or a woman's clamp <laughs> that's right i'm in touch with my feminine side <laughs> so that's my tool to week you guys have any more to, uh, to talk about these it's basically um, it's clamp shut yeah yeah <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, it's essential. Um, there's once you start using this type of clamp, you can't go back to anything else. I mean, the F style clamps and and those types of things they have a lot of gripping strength with the you know right size clamp. But these they just they pull everything flat. They're called parallel body clamps for a reason. Yeah, and plus we have, you you know, what the only complaint used to be that they weren't wide enough for real long pieces that you had to glue up. But now you have a connection. You could take the end off of the clamp and put a connection piece on there and then put two of them together to really stretch yeah, them out. Yeah, because we have, uh, well, we have 50 or 60 inch. Yeah, I think there's uh, uh, 60s, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, we can get a, almost a 10 foot long parallel clamp. Yeah, yeah. But the 24s, so the, they're probably the most Yeah, they're, worth, they're worth the money. Yeah, I mean, most of our glue-ups are, um, you know, aside from doing countertops and stuff like that, 
or you know tops to a piece of furniture would be um, doors and and book match panels. So twenty four yeah. is yeah the perfect size. Even the drawer boxes. Yeah, because typically they're like twenty one inches. Yep. So yeah, we don't typically build giant size doors. <laughs> no. We'll split it up. <laughs> no, no. Just looks a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, that was good choice, Rich. Good yeah, choice. I had to keep it secret. I didn't want you guys to uh, steal my thunder. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. Let's clear the deck. All right. Which leads us to the next episode or the next segment. What is it? The petty gripe of the week. Oh yeah, yeah. And we talked to the gripe master. That's me. Yeah. I am the gripe master, and uh, I didn't get any. You know, I was a little disappointed. I didn't get any response from my gripes of the week so yeah. far. The crusty cabinet maker. That's me. That's me. <laughs> well, this week, you know, there's, there's so much to gripe about out there. I, I try to try to hit a nerve, and one of the things that bugs me is littering. That's right. I said it. He said Especially it. Especially people who throw stuff out of their car window. You're driving down the road. Somebody rolls down the window, and now comes a paper cup. The top of their cigarette wrapper, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or their cigarette butt. Oh, yeah, yeah. That kills me. Yeah, the ash, the total ashtray dump at the stoplight. That's that's disgusting. But uh, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about I, that? I hate it. I can't stand it. It drives me crazy yeah. when I see people throwing things out the window or their cars. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, the cigarette butt is the one I see the most. And, uh, you know, we live in a coastal area, so all those get washed yeah. off of the roadway into the drain and they end up in the bay, which is, you know, right at the end of the other end of the street here. Yeah. So um, that, yeah, I, I hate seeing that. I've, I've had to bite my tongue on many occasions. <laughs> you always want to, like, drive up next yeah, to them. Um, yeah. And, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes and I never threw them out the window. I would yeah. put them out in my in a whatever a bottle or something in my car and then throw them away so yeah it's, i mean yeah. it's really not that difficult and it's really uh you know antithetical to what we do here as far as planting trees when we you know finish a project and and the you know ecologically sound finishes that aren't washing into the drains because like those finishes even though they're nice for us and the client in their you know their finished state Think about all the, the brushes that have to be cleaned using, you know, chemicals and harsh detergents mm-hmm. just to, you know, get the stuff, your equipment clean after using those other types of finishes. Yeah. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the cups that the finishes, you know, if you have a cup gun, all the finishes going into a cup, that cup has to be thrown away. You can't recycle it. It's going to a landfill. It's going to mm-hmm. sit there and take a thousand years to rot away. So, I mean, yeah. probably more. Yeah, all that stuff goes into the ground, into the earth, into the water supply, into the air supply, some way, somehow. And the manufacturing process is yeah, uh, yeah. probably doing just as much, if not more, pollu- you know, polluting. Yeah, so uh, if you are a litter bug, it's never too late to change Exactly. Ways. Shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> do be a do be. Don't be a don't be. <laughs> Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes, there you go. That says it all. Uh, you want to move on to the topic of the week? This is a yeah, this yeah. is a it's a pretty serious topic. Oh yeah, it yeah. is. It uh, is. We thought you know might be a little too much for you guys, but we think everybody's mature enough. Maybe we can handle can this I sort of conversation. Yeah, um, we were actually discussing this at lunchtime, you know, and it came into a very heated uh, argument because it's a yeah. couple of weeks before the yeah. big event. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it's divisive. It's probably the most divisive thing going on right now. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. 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 Scooty election. 
<laughs> what is it, Jeff? What is your favorite Halloween candy? <laughs> oh, I know. I, I can tell you right now. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, I think Rich and I probably have the same answer. Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. Yep. Do you I, like I, the cup or do you like the pumpkin? The uh, it doesn't the, matter. The, doesn't matter. I think the shaped. Christmas tree don't matter. Yeah, I like all of those Christmas tree shaped ones. The yep. bat, the the pumpkin. They're a little bit less chocolate, a little more peanut butter. Yeah, you're right. They are. How do you feel about the Reese's pieces? I like those too. Where yeah. do they rank in the Reese's hierarchy? Uh, I mean, they're definitely below the cup. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I put them well, down I mean, there. Do you like the standard cup the most? I like the the seasonal cup. Okay. The shaped. Could you get more peanut butter? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's. I'm gonna, you know, make it three across the board. Reese's oh, are really? my favorite well. as well, but. I'm going to say it's the cup because I like that little extra bit of chocolate yeah. that you get in on the, the crease there on yeah, the edge. Yeah, I, yeah. Especially you put it in the refrigerator and that snaps. You know what I like is the big cup. <laughs> and the question is, how do you eat <laughs> your Reese's? Yeah. I used to eat all around the chocolate and then oh, save the peanut people. butter to the end. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I just eat them. Yeah. I'm about two bites. Or yeah. if I have my hands yeah. full, that's one you bite. Guys, you just guys shove don't. them in my face yeah. as fast. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But, you know, the reason, I mean, we all agree on this, but the reason this came up and like supplanted our other topic was that Jeff here, unlike Rich and I, he likes both the candy corn yep. and the circus peanut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love circus peanuts. <laughs> I, I'm sure somebody's gonna have something to say about that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they might maybe it's gonna be in favor of the no shame here. Yeah, no. You, that's the thing about us. We we wear it well. You know, we stand. We have the wall of shame. What right? do you have against the circus peanut? That fake banana. Yeah. Oh God. I remember those. I, I don't yeah. like. I never. I ate them, but it wasn't yeah. that crazy. But yeah, them. no. And that and the texture. It's a marshmallow. No, 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 not it's got really. Like a hard skin yeah. on it. It wasn't really marshmallow. We'll have to bring one in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to. Next week, we will bring in some samples of Halloween candy. That's How's a good that? idea. That's a good really idea. Sugar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jeff can't eat. You guys eat Well, yeah, I did. Can't. You got to eat one of those candy corns. Yeah, because yeah. those are the most disgusting things oh, around. Yeah. I have to prove to you that I like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those things could be a decade old, and you wouldn't. Oh know yeah, the you would know. It's, I like them. I like the pumpkins better, actually. Yeah. The, the oh, big yeah. candy corn pumpkin. You, you know what the candy corn? Because it's more candy corn in one bite. It's it's got to <laughs> be related to those old wax candies. Remember, like the yeah. rich you and I are old yeah. enough. It'd be like these wax teeth. Yeah, I you know, yeah. Stick them in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, but you can't eat those. Yeah, but that's what candy corn's like. No, it's not. It's just a decoration. It's just sugar. No, it isn't. It's, it's basically just it's, a block of sugar. It's decoration. No. Yeah, those aren't supposed to be eaten, are they? I don't think so. <laughs> Let those us know your thoughts lines. on Halloween candy. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. All right, yeah. well, second, second favorite. All right, what's your second favorite? Because that'll be different. Nestle's uh, Crunch. Mm, not a big fan of those. That's my second favorite. Twix. Twix. Oh, Twix is good. I wasn't yeah, even thinking yeah. of that. I was going to say 100 gram bar. That's a good one, too. Yeah, that's kind of like a combination of a Twix and a Crunch. Yeah. 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 I was going to say Almond Joy, but I like the Crunch. Those are good, yeah, too. Yeah. I like Man, I, there's a lot of good candy. I'll eat any candy, really. Yeah. 
he just said you wouldn't eat like any candy. candy corn. Apparently, yeah. what's that? He just said he wasn't going to eat any candy. <laughs> I know no. I can't eat it. I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, you have you ever have a zag nut? I think I'm irritable now. Those are yeah. Those are old. We, yeah. They still yeah. make isn't those. that like a taffy with peanut butter inside? No, isn't it wrapped in peanut butter or something? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember those. Those are pretty good. Taffy wrapped in peanut butter. No, it's yeah, got they, like white chocolate on it, doesn't it? I don't remember. And like that toasted oh, coconut. I'm of yes. Abba, Abba Isn't that taffy with peanut butter? The hell's an Abba Zabba? That's from your guys' time. No, Bonomo, I remember, not Abba Zabba. Yeah, Abba Zabba. Yeah, Bonomo's Turkish taffy. Yeah, Bonomo's Turkish taffy. Abba Zabba is like a yellow and black checkered. B O N O M O. Bonomo. It's O O O. I don't know. Good job about a sponsorship. Do you hear this jingle? <laughs> Did I still make it? I think so. Yeah, you can find it online. Yeah. You used to go smack it down on the ground just to break it into pieces. Oh, what yeah. about Charleston Chew? I'm not at Charleston Chew. Or you know, Mary Jane's. Yeah. Those are good. Uh, or a bit of honey. Yeah. I don't like any of those, that consistency. The closest would be a Tootsie Roll. I like a Tootsie Roll, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, Tootsie Roll. What mm-hmm. about the Tootsie Pop? Mm, no, no, I never liked that. You Having never liked that, the Tootsie Pop? No, I don't like that You're thing. You're liable to cut the top of your mouth with one of those things. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not big on the lollipop. I like uh, lollipop, but yeah. I actually don't like Tootsie Pop. You don't like the Tootsie Pop. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'll take a Dum Dum over a Tootsie Pop. Dum Dum Dums had some good flavors. Yeah, and they were small. There were some good Dum Dums. Butterscotch. Oh, God. Why what? does he pick that flavor? Pineapple was good. good. I had pineapple. Yeah, and watermelon. Blue raspberry. I gotta make a beer one. Boomers. Okay, we gotta end this because this this, this conversation See, is going divisive. nowhere. I said it was divisive. <laughs> so it, we'll go to the questions of the week, and we'll hand that over to Jeff to uh, read them because I can't read it anyway. Yeah, it's we too- got a lot of questions this week. So many that the font is too small; these guys can't read it. Yeah, even with my glasses on. We got a couple of repeat offenders here too. So uh, we'll start out with the first one, nice and easy. What two woods do you think complement each other the best? That's from Who the Ninety on Instagram. Who Who the Ninety? Who, who the, 90? the Ninety? All one word. Oh, that first? was like a band. Who the Ninety and the Blowfish? That's right. Is he Is he in the band? Are you that guy? Are you Hootie? Are you Hootie? My two. To me, a lot of woods don't complement each other in a sense. Uh, like you really couldn't put a white oak with with cherry, but I would go with cherry and maple. Yeah. Or maybe a maple and a walnut too. Those mm-hmm. two. I, I, I any kind of oak I wouldn't really pair with anything else. Yeah. But uh, cherry you can pair with something, and walnut you could, and uh, definitely maple. Definitely maple. Yeah. Well, yeah, maple's a you probably. The least uh, used wood, if we're going to finish it naturally, so yeah, and it's so light, it's going to complement much of the exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. That that's a good one. But you really can't, you really can't stain maple. It's no, it's it just ugly. That way. Yeah, it's ugly. Um, what about like the same species of wood, but you know, like tinting one of them? You ever think about that? Yeah, no, yes, yes, and no. What, yeah. We don't really do any kind no. of tinting work, so... Yeah, we'll change species before we... Yeah. Yeah, that's how we usually roll. Yeah. It's hard to experiment with that because once you get the sample piece, sometimes it's hard to get that next piece to look yeah, yeah. like that yeah, sample piece. Yeah, wood's a piece. natural product. Yeah, exactly. We have two cherry shelves over here, and 
<laughs> they'll, uh, they're going to even out as they age, but I mean, they're... And that's from the same batch of wood. Yeah, so. they're pretty different pieces of wood. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that too. Cherry and, and uh, maple, uh, especially if you get some nice straight-grained maple to complement it. Um, we use that a lot. Yeah. A lot of times we'll yeah. throw in a little bit of walnut as the small or the third species. Um, and it, it's kind of a limited palette, really, because we use mostly, you know, North American and Northeastern hardwood. So you're kind of dealing with the, just those couple of boards, the cherry, walnut, yeah. maple, I mean, ash and... And oak, they're going to be so similar. They're really not going to complement mm-hmm. one another that well. I've been a big fan of the Sapelian cherry lately. Yeah, you know, that Ooh, looks pretty nice. good. That Once that cherry darkens up a little bit, I have a chessboard at home that I made that's uh, Sapelian cherry. And yeah. now that the cherry has darkened, it looks nice. And the Sapelian's darkened as well. Yeah. You should get a picture of that and send it to uh, put on the on the Instagram. Yeah. Show yeah, it's it on there. Like. If you uh, Was it? Oh, okay. go back a ways, you'll see it. Yeah, so I guess mostly we're looking for something that's a contrast in in the base color of it too, right? Well, you realize we do use two woods anyway. We use maple for the draw boxes, and it yeah. could be oak, it could be cherry, it could be walnut. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not seen in yeah. a sense. So, Maple's almost always our secondary yeah. wood yeah. in every job. Mm-hmm. Um, we use it for all our paint grade stuff. Um, all the drawer boxes, anything that's structural that calls for hardwood, we use maple. Yeah. If it's not seen in the job, yeah. Uh, maple and sapili. I just uh, finished that cutting board today for my own house. Yeah. Out of some scrap we had laying around. Yeah. That looks nice. Maple, I guess. Maple with anything, all the stuff really. That, yeah. we, that we use here. Yeah, just not uh, one of the other lighter. Right. Like maple and oak, probably. It's just yeah. not going to no. give us that same effect. No, that real open grain with the you know, wider cathedraling, just yeah, sort even of uh, better off by itself. Like mahogany, which I named as my favorite wood. I, I, we don't really use anything here that complements it in the way that uh, you know maple and cherry go together, or maple and some of these other. Woods. Yeah, I mean, you get into stuff where they have like some holly uh, stringing yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, a really real super small. white, um, contrasting wood. Yeah, but. All right. So I guess we say, yeah, maple with anything else. Yeah, <laughs> just about. Yeah. Just about. Nordic cherry. Nordic yeah. cherry, yeah. Nordic birch drawer boxes. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? Number two. So this is from Mill Crafted Carpentry on Instagram. This actually came in last week, uh, a little late, so we're hitting it this week. What is the industry standard to remove dried glue off of clamp rails? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't know because I've never done it. Kind of just let it accumulate on there until... Uh, and it comes off naturally. Yeah, it kind of just falls off on yeah, its own. breaks it off. Yeah. Um, yeah, we would have, sometimes we'd have helpers here cleaning the shop and we'd give them a, you know, steel brush or just tell them to chip off the big pieces. Um, but just right. You, you run the head up and down on it yeah. and knock it off. And we don't really get an excessive amount of squeeze out. I mean, just that's part of the trick of the glue up too. Getting the right amount of squeeze out out of the glue up so it's not excessive, so it's not dry and the joint winds up being starved, but just getting that right amount. And then there's just a little, you know, bead on there. And a lot of times we'll scrape that off 
uh, you know, when it gets that that tacky way. Yeah, I like to wait like a half hour, pull the clamps off, scrape the glue, and then put the clamps yeah. back on. Usually flip them over to the other side. Makes it easier in the end, too, to get it off before it dries too much. Most of our glue-ups, too, are, even if it's a big top, let's say it's a, a 25-inch deep top for some sort of cabinetry, it's only going to be four or five pieces max. Oh, yeah. It's so there's not there's not many glue joints there to right. really get a lot of glue on the clamps. The bigger the piece, I mean, if the tops usually we're, we're looking at seven, eight-inch yeah. boards to, to get a top out of. Um, the, the joint will take a, almost 10 inches. Yep. And that's that's pretty much our limit. You so, rich? Yeah, that's it. No, that answers that question. It's, it's what about a, a heat gun? I feel like no, never tried I'm it. I'm going to burn myself. I'm not going to touch yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's your problem. Was I mean, maybe he was thinking about, uh, you know, pipe clamps or is he talking uh, about um, Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. You could take a scraper to that too. Yeah. yeah. Those would probably be a little bit paint easier. paint scraper. Easier yeah. clean, but it's you know it's a good question. It's something that uh, yeah, it's those little things that when you're running a business, you never really cost that into a job or you know the cost of doing business. But it's all those little things, whether it's sweeping up, whether it's cleaning the clamps, or ordering the glue and brushes, and all these little things. Trying to fix the tool that broke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dealing with today. That's a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's I guess short answer, we don't know, but yeah. try um, just scraping it off. Manual labor. Yeah. Manual labor. Take them home on the weekend. Yeah. Sit down with a beer and. Exactly. Yeah. Get the watch the game or whatever you do on. Want to watch TV. That's what just it is. scrape it away. All right. So next up. This is from Eric Blake down in uh, New Orleans, Blake Woodworks on Instagram. Do you install your cabinets? I've found that I spend at least twice as much time installing versus the time to build whatever it is. I find it very difficult to make the homeowner understand this. I do not find it cost effective at all. Well, I'll go first on this. Eric, we, you know, we checked out your work and you do some nice work. Yeah. Uh, so you definitely know what you're doing. Um, I honestly had a little bit of a hard time understanding the question because we typically spend a lot more time building the piece or the project than installing it. So um, I might have a hard time answering the question the way you would expect it because we have sort of the opposite uh, situation here. Not that um, we have the homeowner not understanding, but... If it's something like uh, suite of cabinets, like a kitchen, might take us six to eight weeks to build. And then the, the three of us can pretty much do it in three days. And yeah. if something goes wrong where we need to create a filler of some sort or there was something weird in the house that we had to maybe adjust a cabinet, we'd come back to the shop and then we'd go back to, uh, in another day and, and get it all done. Yeah, I'd say, you know, a week is... Uh you know, five yeah, working tops, days. Tops. I think um, trying to do as much in the shop as you possibly can, hanging doors. I mean, we were talking about it today, guys that bring the boxes and install them and then hang the doors after the fact. I mean, that's a good point. We're, our stuff is done, done, done yeah. here in the shop. It's always easier here when you have all your tools there and... Your flat surfaces. Yeah, it's a controlled environment. You're not dealing with packing up. Uh, unpacking and packing up every day, cleaning up, 
you know, if we want to leave it a mess in here because we had a long day and we had to get a bunch of stuff done, well, we come in the next morning and it's a mess. Big yeah. deal. You can't do that in someone's house. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, you might mention how we get our large jobs to the client's home. Yeah, I mean, we haven't delivered. Right. Yeah, we use a moving service. It's a lot easier. I mean, there's three of us here, um, and we could spend, you know, a day of hard labor loading up a big trailer, hauling the stuff over there. I mean, we have all the moving blankets and such, but th that's that's a... That's a hard job, and you really don't want to start working after that. So we I've been using uh, a guy, Tommy, and when we all started working together, we brought him in to the same thing. And it's it's the best money for me that you could spend. Yeah. Um, they blanket wrap things. They send the guys. They put it in the truck. They deliver it. Say, yeah, please, can you put it over there? Yeah, I mean, they show up with a 26-foot box truck or whatever. Yeah. They yeah. load up, a, you know, an entire kitchen and mudroom and everything. Yeah. Um, and bring it over. Take it out of the yeah. truck. You can you just stand there and make sure everything is going in right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great way to do things. I think the um, a, a big point in here is finding it difficult to make the homeowner understand I don't know how you're breaking out the price for the homeowner, but you know the way we do it is we'll literally break out the hours. Yes. So they can see if it's a week, okay, that's four, uh, 120 man hours, three guys, 40 hours. Yeah. Yeah, so if all three of us go to a job just to put something in, that's 24 hours that will show on our proposal and our bill for installation at the full hourly rate, and, and that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's easier when it's not just a number. Yeah. You say, oh, yeah, installation's 2500 bucks, And they say, well, why is it 2500 If it's already broken out that, okay, well, it's it's two days with three mm -hmm. guys. Yeah. Then it's a little easier for them to see. Yeah. Plus, I think maybe uh, you might be running into, I don't know if this is true, but you might be running into situations where you don't have the right measurements set up for this job. And when you get there... All of a sudden, there's a problem, and you got now you got to take extra time to go back to the shop to fix things. So maybe getting all, making sure everything is all, all your ducks are in a row before you get to the job, and you won't be spending that much time, those long times there. But yeah. I guess there are jobs where you're going to spend some time installing if you got to do a lot of fillers and things like that. But I mean, he is down yeah. in New Orleans, and. Well, they have a lot of shotguns down there. And maybe there's, uh, you know, some... That's a style of house. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Idiosyncratic features to these homes. You know, maybe they're old and yeah. there's always a lot of adjustments on site that we're not aware of. Yeah. Um, like maybe it does take extra long to, to fit a piece, you know, a built-in piece into one of those homes. Maybe scribing around stone or brickwork. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, it's say, you know, trim the fat on the install where you can in the shop and then yeah. uh, really take the time to explain to the homeowner because I think that's where the, right. the um, you'll get the most benefit. That's a good answer up front, you know. Yeah. Let them know. Tell them exactly, you know, the exact reason. If they don't, if they don't understand, they might not be the right client. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? Oh, that's from our, our buddy, from John, our buddy Peters. John Peters. Yeah. I'm sure you all know John. John asks, cool. what is the highest number sandpaper you sand to before applying finish? 
Tell them, Rich. <laughs> 220, of course. <laughs> Were you coached on that answer? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the process. You should go through the grits. Uh, there are times, I guess, when we're painting stuff, we don't yeah, go to Yeah, painting, we don't go to 220 because it doesn't work as well. No, maybe 150. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't go to 220 that much personally, but that's that's me. We got to come in behind. That's why we've been him. sending out all that messed up work? Yeah. That, that's why we got to come in behind, Rich. <laughs> that's why pieces are darker in color. <laughs> Not everybody knows that. Well... Yeah, we use a, a, a plain oil finish, a tongue oil finish. And so it, it'll take a, you know, a nice high grit sand. Yeah. Um, and the lower the, the grit, the more the, the wood will absorb, too. So that's what Rich was referring yeah. to. It will be a little bit darker. Um, so we sand to 220 and sometimes even 320 on the tops because yeah. that extra bit, it really... It really brings out that that satiny kind of feel, doesn't it? Yeah, and I found that at 320, I have to do less wiping. You know, we we lay the oil on, wait about 20 minutes, and then wipe it off. Yeah, I find I have to do less wiping and less buffing to get a nice smooth flat, yeah, you know, flat finish. I mean, sanding is so important. I mean, yeah, not nobody here likes to sand really, and no. probably nobody out there likes to sand, but yeah, but it's important. It, you can't you can't get away from it. It's it, it's the basis for the finish. Yeah. Um. So th there's there's the short quick answer. It's two twenty or painting. It's one twenty, and tops three twenty. Yeah. And don't skip grits. Yeah. Yeah. We go through the grits. That's yeah. It's, it's easier to start at one twenty. One twenty yeah. to three twenty or two twenty, whatever. And a <laughs> two forty. <laughs> little anecdote. When, we used to have a young man, Christopher, working here. He was just in middle school and then high school. And he used to want to go up through the grits before he would, you know, quite finish. So if he was on 120 and he wasn't quite removing the marks, he would then go up to 150. And I told him, I said, if you didn't get it out with 120, <laughs> it's going to be a lot more work to get it out with 150, et cetera, et cetera. So the lowest grits, put in your work and... That's the way to do it. Yeah, you know, I sanded these cherry shelves today, uh, 120 to 320, and I'd say I spent as much time on 120 as I oh, did yeah, yeah. Uh, cumulatively on all the other grits combined. Yeah. That's that's about how I find it, too. So get a good cut with the 120, clear off, you know, any Rich mill marks. Too. Yeah, I do. I'm, yeah. A, I'm a firm believer in that now. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a lot of mill marks. You know, we get some stuff on the edges. Uh, yeah, a little bit of chatter from the joiner, uh, maybe, or some saw marks from the, the table saw. But what I notice are the the pressure, not the pressure rollers, but there's little yeah, those little fingers little, in the joiner. Yeah, will leave small lines. So that's really the biggest thing we yeah. have to get out. Yeah. Ah. All right. Good question, John. Yeah. Thanks, John. This one. Am I reading all these? You want? I'll read it. This, this is a good question, and it, it made us, when we, when we got this question, it made us all laugh a little bit. So this is also from Who the 90 on who Instagram. The, who the 90? Who the 90. <laughs> Can you afford your own work? When you need something for your house, do you buy or build? Go ahead, Jeff. You've been going, uh, waiting for all of us to answer. Um, short answer, no. We... <laughs> 
We couldn't pay retail for our work. No chance. Um, Can we afford to do it ourselves? Well, yeah, if we have the time. You know, it's one of those things. You can come in early. You can stay late. You can come in on the weekend and make yourself something. Try and fit in little bits and pieces uh, between jobs or between tasks that you're working on, you know, throughout the day. Um, I mean, I have stuff recently that I bought for the house that I'm not proud of. But Shame. It it is a shameful event. I felt dirty putting this (laughs) knockdown furniture together. But I glued the dowels in. I, you know, I did it right. Um, so yeah, I mean, you have to pick your battles on this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's true. Um, we there's no way we could afford to pay these prices because, um, yeah, I mean, we went went over it in the past. It, we've made some sacrifices, and we love what we're doing. We're not getting rich doing it. We're making a living. Um, and it's not that our work is extravagantly priced. It's just, you know, it's more expensive than we can afford right now. Yeah. Um, our houses are filled with a lot of sort of finished things. And it, and like Jeff said, um, a lot of times we'll try and squeeze a small thing in here or there. And like when Jeff moved, you needed a bed. And we all kind of pitched in, you know, like that's we have a nice spirit here. If something yeah, needs yeah. to get done... We'll just do it. It's it's just part of friendship at that point. Um, and we all wind up buying things for our home. We all have the same crummy furniture <laughs> that everybody else does because there's we don't have the time to build everything. This isn't a hobby for us. No. It's a business. There's no money to be made spending time building our own furniture. Exactly. You know, we don't have the time. We, we, we can't afford it in that way as well. Yeah, the time it takes to build, you know, things of the caliber that we're building, it's... Yeah. We don't have full weeks to cut out of our schedule to make. No. And, you know, anything I make, I try and keep it to, like, one day, two days. Right. Um how long you been finishing that cutting board? Yeah. You know, I yeah, I made that cutting board with a little downtime and then you know, I'll put a coat of finish on it every morning for a week. Yeah. Um I made that little yeah. desk for the couch. Yeah. Even that bed, I knocked the bed out in two days. Yeah. Yeah. So um it's one thing if you if you need something and it's yes. gotta get done and you know, then we'll We'll stop what we're doing and do it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the way we are. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't afford my own work. No. It's just I don't have the time. I don't have the money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we hear constantly from people with money that they can't afford our work. So. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I the white-collar folks are yeah. saying they can't afford it. I let so. people say to, always say to you, well, your house must look beautiful. <laughs> I said, you know what? I got Home Depot kitchen cabinets in there from, or maybe Rickle, Rickles back in the day. Golden oak kitchen cabinets. Sure. Would I love to change them? Would I love to uh, redo everything? Sure. Anybody would love to. Any kind of, any woodworker would like to redo their whole house. But oh, yeah. you can't do that and pay the bills. It's no. just impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, that's three man months of right. labor. That's a yeah. month with three guys every single day yeah. to build a new kitchen. This is simply no time. We it, That would be like... You know, taking a vacation as far as being paid. And have to work. And that, yeah, right. <laughs> Hard. Yeah. 
And but you have to pay for the material. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said this before. A kitchen costs us five to six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I know that probably sounds like a lot to some people, where they're selling, you know, cabinets for four thousand yeah. somewhere. But that's what it costs us to to buy the wood and the the hardware and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, who? I hope that answers your question. Rich, why don't you read the next one? This is from... Uh, right there. Far Out Woodworks on Instagram. What is the skill you most wish you had or wish you were better at? Woodworking. See, that's why we don't let them read. <laughs> My answer to that would probably be more in uh, the design phase. Uh, I have... It's not a problem. I just sometimes can't see what something's going to look like, and I'll have problem putting it on paper uh, to bring it to what it's supposed to be. So th- that's one of my bugaboos. I wish I had more experience uh, doing that. I wish I had the uh, the ability to see things uh, a little bit better than what I do now. So sometimes it takes me a while, and then I realize, oh, well, that's exactly what I wanted to do. So that's that's a big one for me. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off that because uh, mine is design as well, but more on the creative end of design um, and having that intuition of how to design a piece of furniture and make it look, you know, look nice, um, which is something, Rob, I think you you excel at. You have that artist's eye where you can just bust out a design at something where when I draw it, it looks like the same thing I drew before. So, you know, that's on me to do some more uh, studying on design. Yeah. Sometimes things like that are just an intuitive gift. Yeah. You know, I I may have cultivated it through the years of training and everything, but that's just, you know, what they call the (laughs) God-given gift. Um, for me, it's definitely planning and organization. Um, and so much of that is a part of what we do. And even more so now that there's three of us and we're working together. Because if we're doing a job that takes three of us to be coordinated on something, I'll always, I, I make a mistake every time on every job. I don't know if there's a job I haven't just not carried a number forward or... If we made a small change, if I didn't add it in here and not over there, um, or remember to call somebody, this is this is a weak point for me in my entire life, but especially in my business life, I think. I think there's much less flexibility when it's um, three people that need to be on the same page and and. Um I don't want to say kept busy, but we need yeah. to we need to work together so that the job flows smoothly and that we're right. all working the most um, efficiently. Yeah, and uh, productive, you know, as productively productively as possible. Um, so it takes a lot of forethought, and I think yeah. we've definitely gotten better. Oh yeah, it. yeah. But you guys would ask me, so what's going on over here? I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I. I <laughs> Two plus two doesn't equal five. So that's been, and and the other stuff, like the design stuff, as much as that's something I, I mean, I think you can improve on it. And for me, I'm just lucky. I work so hard trying to be organized. And every time we start a job, I go, 
This time. <laughs> I swear this time I'm going to get it right. And I may have made some small improvements, but I'm really waiting for that day where like a, a substantially sized job just like flows the way I'm imagining it in my head on day one. Because like on day 15, a question comes up and these jobs might run for, you know, 20 or 30 days. Yeah. And you have to know what's going to happen on day 28. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're still working out the kinks. It's only been a year. Yeah. So it does take time to get a, um, a sort of protocol on the systems in place to be able to do things the best way. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had any real big no. screw ups. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, nothing has been insurmountable. And it's usually like, oh, geez, I got to make this part again or something yeah. like that. But, uh, because it's it's a lot of numbers, so yeah. you know you can lose a half inch somewhere, and then just dominoes. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons we're trying to uh, get into Fusion three hundred and sixty is yep. um, to sort of remove some of that human error. Yes, I just <laughs> saying anything. Some gonna, some of us are working on Fusion three hundred and sixty. Rich is going to learn Fusion three hundred and sixty exactly. on his layaway. Yes. Yeah, Rich, right? uh, right. you're going to have to write to Rich and let him know. He thinks Rich is going to get. Foot surgery in, a, yes, I in tore, about a month. I snapped a tendon. He thinks he's going to take off from the podcast. You, so. you know what? I just thought of it. He was just talking about how his his dream, as a matter of fact, was to get better at design. I know. I had the chance. Yeah, well. You see? See how life works? You're manifesting it right now. There yeah. You go. I snapped that tendon just for, to do this. <laughs> Was that at, at KBIS or at the AVN Awards? <laughs> I'll tell you right now. There's going to be... A, a, we're going to have to spend the time on the podcast uh, going through what happened in Vegas. Maybe on the anniversary of the KBIS. Oh, yeah, it's been show. January. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was quite... Eventful? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a fun was. time. We, we had a great time, though. Yeah. It might have been that when I hurt my foot. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> the jury's out. <laughs> All right, last question. What do we got next? It's down. Uh, yeah, another one from Millcrafted Carpentry. This uh, another one came in last week. So, uh, what are some key factors that make a business partnership work and ensure equity? It's a good question. It is. Rich, you have an accounting background. I don't trust anybody. No, I think I, I think the. The key to a good partnership is is getting a feel. I think you have a feel when you you meet somebody and you start working with somebody. You got a feel for whether it's going to work out or not. If you have questions in your mind from day one, uh, even though even though they're laughing because I say I, I don't like anybody when I first meet them, but it's not true. But, you know, you, you have that, you get that gut feeling that this is the right relationship uh, that's going to work out. As, and as far as the equity part of it, we haven't had any issues. Yeah. Uh, everybody covers for one another at times. So there's no, there's no problems as far as that. Hopefully there'll be no problems down the future. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a marriage in a sense. I mean, you meet somebody, you date. You really don't know if you're going to get divorced down the road or you're going to argue over money or how to raise your kids. Um, but as Rich said, you, you know, you kind of can just trust your gut. And 
and and try to keep things honest and open. We you know we've had some uh, bumps and growing yeah. pains, but the thing that I'll say about us is we just say, hey, I this happened and I want to talk about it, and that's and that's all it really takes. Exactly. It's, it's just like any other relationship. Um, be honest. Be open. Be yourself. And uh, and things are going to be okay. It it I think this is a great question because it makes me think of that uh, that story I always tell you guys about when I was an English teacher. And I used to teach uh, the book. What's it? Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. So I used to break the kids up into little groups, and they didn't really know anything about the book, which is, as most people know, about these school children that get marooned on an island, and there's no adults. So I create this scenario for the groups of my students, and I say, this is, this is where you are, and you're on this island, and you're probably never going to get rescued. I want you to come up with five or ten rules that you must each abide by so that you can survive. And invariably, the kids, their rules are all how to protect themselves from one another, like can't steal food, must share, and things of that order. So this is sort of human nature in a way, yeah. this, this survival thing at the expense of others. So um, I would say that on top of, of everything else, I value these guys as friends and respect them as people. So that would be my, my top number one answer for that. Yeah, I'd say a big thing is, you know, Try not to take anything personal. It is a <laughs> no. it is a business, and everyone has. I mean, everyone is hard headed and has an yeah, opinion yeah. about about anything. Oh yeah. So if you have a disagreement, just go home and start over the next day. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. We've all had those days where you get pissy with one another. <laughs> oh yeah. And you just come in the next day and 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 forget about oh, it. Yeah. Try and go on with you yeah. know whatever. Come you you try and come to an agreement about. Yes. Whatever it is. The longer it goes on, um, as far as the the relationship, the easier it is because we are like a family here, and you do argue and bicker with your family at times, um, but you don't say, "Oh, I'm not going to have my wife or my brother or something like that." You you know you're going to have to work it out. So that's how we face it too. You know, this is it. So. You know, we'll, we'll always put the energy into working out any disagreements. But luckily, we we usually see eye to eye yeah. on, on most things. I think that's part of why we formed this company. Yeah, and just like a relationship, you make concessions. And oh, yeah, sure. You might see something come in, and you say, yeah, "You know what? I'm keep my mouth shut on this one." It's not. <laughs> No, in my best just let him drive it. that off the cliff. Yeah, I'll be there to rescue him, but let him drive it off the cliff. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not going to say I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> we do that sometimes. Yeah. We let we let people make their own mistakes, and then we pitch in and we fix it, and yeah. then like maybe a day later, that's when we start the ribbing. Yeah, don't let you know a <laughs> catastrophic failure. Right. Yeah, happen. we're not talking about something like but, that. But um, yeah, sometimes you just have to. Just mind yeah. your own business. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, you it's, know, a it's not easy. Yeah, it's a dance. Um, so, uh, mill crafted carpentry. Let us know what what are your experiences. Yeah, are you in a partnership? Are you planning on starting yeah. one? Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, we're winding well, that, down. Yeah, now. that ends us uh, with all our questions this week. And now we're getting on to our final section of the podcast. And it's the thoughts of the beer of the week. Yeah. Our thoughts on the beer of the week. I I, I like it. I liked it. I like this style of beer, mm-hmm. as we know from last week. And I think I like this more, just a little bit, than the beer we had last week. What was that called? That Al- Al- Allagash White. Yeah. This one's just got a little bit more personality, I'm going to say. Because I don't really know that much about the, the technical aspects of it. But it's got a little bit more personality. The bottle's got a nice shape. You know, I like could... You could see yourself at a party with this and and not dropping it even after you've had a few high grip uh, bottle. <laughs> yeah, you got a good grip on the bottle. Right, because there's this little bell at the bottom yeah, and a little good one for at the top too. <laughs> Molotov cocktail. Very European style. looking bottle. Yeah, pretty good. I don't uh, remember if I prefer the Algas to this. I'm not the biggest fan of wheat beers. Uh, I like something a little more dry, but it was good. I drink it again. I've had it. Had it in the past? Yeah, I've had it. I've had it in the past. That's why I picked it up. Uh, and again, I knew it for health reasons. Health-wise, it's one of the best beers, better beers to be drinking. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of crap in it. And it's got the yeast in there, which is good for you. Exactly. So I give it a thumbs up. And if I get a shirt from Garden, I'll uh, give it a bigger thumbs up. They say it's unlike any in the world. The original, 1445. Hmm. Beer. There's three more left. Yeah, that's for after the cameras go off. <laughs> All right. Well, we got three thumbs up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Right. There we go. Uh, so let's talk about the, the giveaway a little bit. We touched on it last week. Yeah. We showed uh, what we're going to be giving away. I think we'll, we'll throw in a t- Green Street t-shirt to that. That sounds good. Um, and if we come up with anything else, we'll stick it in the box. Uh, so to enter, you're going to have to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Green Street Joinery. Follow us on Instagram, which you probably already are. And I'm going to put up a post about the giveaway so, you know, some other people can see it. And you'll have to like that post. And if you want an extra entry, you can share the post, either your stories or your feed. Um, So be on the lookout for that post. I'll put it up. uh, Probably not today. Maybe tomorrow. In the next couple days. Yeah. That sounds good. It's going to be some good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice giveaway. I mean, we're not... uh uh, a big corporation like Festool or something like that. So Festool doesn't give anything away. Yeah, we're giving away some good stuff. I used to wear my Festool T-shirt, uh, you know, on the job, and people would say, "Oh, what'd you have to buy to get that?" <laughs> so yeah, t-shirt. the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I've run into the Festool rep before. Yeah, and not that I asked for anything, but yeah. I mean they're not. Um, <laughs> and we love our Festool tools. But yeah, we have plenty. We we spend money on Festool. We yeah. do. Uh, next week, next have our week, first yeah. guest. We have our first guest. This is going to be a really exciting. Yeah, we're yeah. going to have to change. I think the setup a little bit. Maybe yeah. get some more, get some more room. But yeah. yeah, we're trying to figure out what the guest is going to be responsible for, like the tool of the week or the beer of the week. Because you know we got to make them work for it. I mean, it's not yeah. getting a free ride. Maybe you out there, you can uh, tell us what. Yeah, you what do you like think? You think we should guests. give him the tool of the week, the gripe of the week, or the beer of the week? You know where I'm leaning. <laughs> I figure we'll give him a choice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So send out your questions for this uh, guest, and the guest is going to be 
John Peters. Yeah, from That's Longview right. Woodworking. Yeah, John doesn't live too far from here. He works same thing like us. He works mm-hmm. uh, in a building out behind his house. Yeah, he's got the red barn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you may already be following John Peters. Yeah, a lot of you may have uh, come here from John. Yeah. John uh, has, you know, posted about the podcast a couple times. He's so. going to be a good guest. He's a very interesting dude. He does a lot of cool things. Yeah, John's an artist. He uh, is a woodworker. He keeps bees and, uh, you know, does all kinds of stuff yeah. on his channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is a really cool thing about YouTube is, you know, John's mainly like a YouTube guy and uh, Instagram. But the cool thing about YouTube is you find these guys or, or gals and you start to watch their channel and you may get into it. Like I got into John's channel as a woodworker and then I watched the videos about lawn care. Yeah. I don't yeah. do any lawn care. I cut my grass and that's it. But, you know, it's interesting. You get invested in these people. Because uh, yes. you like their personality, so... That's it. He's a very likable guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have any questions for John, uh, send them out, and yeah. we'll, you know, we'll post something on I'm Instagram. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, to get some questions. Probably, I feel like we'll probably run a little longer than usual yeah. with a guest, because we'll, have, we'll probably have a lot to talk about. Cool. And that brings us uh, to the end. Yeah. That's it. That's another successful uh, podcast, I believe. Well, yeah. The sixth successful one. Successful on our end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let us know what you think of the audio. Made some tweaks to the, uh, the audio. You hope my voice is a little bit deeper. Yeah. Rich has that nice reedy voice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I still haven't hit puberty yet. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to like, subscribe on YouTube. Follow yeah. us on Instagram. Send any questions over you want. You know, you don't have to wait for us to ask. So. And you sponsors... Come 213 on Wilson Avenue, Port Monmouth. T-shirts. t-shirts. 07758. T-shirts, extra large, large, and large. Yeah. I'm, I'll am i wear it. Yeah. I'm no shame. I got no shame. Well, yeah, and if you got anything better than T-shirts, it's like that, too. Oh, yeah. A hat, a car, <laughs> truck. Motorbike. Cash. Or Bobcat. Bobcat. There you go. Bobcat. <laughs> Make my dream come true out there, Bobcat. Yeah, we'll see. Good luck. Everybody stay uh, everybody stay safe this weekend. Yeah, stay and, healthy. And we'll see you uh, next week. Yeah. All right. Ciao. Later on. <laughs>